Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department. Oh, no, I forgot what I'm going to say. Oh, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. Sorry, I've been a little out of practice. That's okay. of the department. As we discussed in the last episode, 2022 is feeling a lot like 2002, give or take. Ish. Yes. Ish. Yes. If that makes you sad because you literally remember 2002, <laughs> well, now you know what our parents felt like when we were wearing bell bottoms or grunge baby mm-hmm. doll dresses. I'm including both because it all depends on how young your parents are, how young you are. This is what it's like, guys. We're the parents now. I know. (laughs) I know. I actually do remember that. I remember wearing 70s stuff and my parents were just like, what are you wearing? Scandalized. Uh My mom was like, oh, horrified. Well, today we'll be talking about the return of two iconic aesthetics ripped straight from the hipster playbook. We know them well. Mm -hmm. Indie sleaze and twee. Oh, the nostalgia. I know. It's fun. It was weird. It was weird to work on this, but fun at the same time. Uh, Kim, why don't you give everyone your regular spiel? Oh, sure. Uh, The regular spiel is... um, (laughs) Can you hear this dog breathing really heavily? Yeah, by the way, we do have a dog on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) He's currently demanding pets, and he makes a lot of noise. So if you hear some, like, snuffling... That's him. I tried to distract him with a treat that he, but I'm the treat right now. So hopefully he'll get bored. He will. Anyway, he'll get bored. First, anyway, first dog here on the pod. First dog. Anyway, yes. Um, you know, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Make sure to like us, love us, uh, leave a comment or review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell your friends and family, uh, kind of all of the above. And if you ever want to learn a little bit more about what we have been researching or reference any articles, you can find us at thedepartment.world. And I'm sure this episode is going to bring up some feelings for you, some stories, some fond or not so fond remembrances. And if you'd like to share them with all of us, please, you know, you can record a voice message and email it to us. You can just straight up email us. Or you can call our hotline number and leave a voicemail. All that information can be found at our website. Once again, that's thedepartment.world. All right, Grandma, you ready to get into this one? (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, I I remember all of this so vividly, and it was so fresh and exciting and cool and, like, you know, really cutting edge back in the early aughts. It really was. We felt like we were rewriting history. I don't know if we really were. Mm -hmm. Uh, one point that we brought up over and over again back in our aughts episodes, go listen to those if you haven't yet. They were really fun to make. Uh, yeah. There were two components, arch enemies, if you will, dominating the culture here in the United States and in other countries in the global north. 
One was the mainstream raunch culture of celebutants, rock of love, stripper poles in living rooms, yes. juicy couture, thongs pulled up like really high and possibly the pussy cat. Pussycat dolls. Oh my god. The yes. Pussycat dolls. Yes. Uh, Von Dutch. Have you yeah. watched that Von yes. Dutch series? Oh my God. That was insane. I was not, not what expecting, I expecting that. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like, oh, and then Paris Hilton wear a hat, and then mm-hmm. a few years later no one cared. And then we kept sending Amanda emails in 2016. Like we're <laughs> we're launching again and she was deleting them. Anyway. If you have not seen the Von Dutch documentary series on Hulu, please go. You think you know what it's going to be. It's 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 not highly recommended five stars. So that was the mainstream culture, right? It As I describe it, you're like, how in the hell was this the mainstream mm-hmm. culture, right? Uh, the other culture were, was the hipsters. And... Well, to the outsider, if you're not like, you know, a major hipster like us, uh, hipsters might seem like a monolith, just a bunch of people being really snide and wearing glasses and liking obscure things. And there was a lot of that, but there were actually subcultures buried within there. So first, we've, ta- we've talked about all of these in the past, but we're going to talk about them again because they're more relevant than ever. This is the first real, I'm just going to say real cultural trend that I've lived and experienced myself that has come back. I mean, the 90s to a certain extent, but I was also young, you know, like I actually was an adult when all of this was going on. So first there was the DIY maker culture. We talked about like Queen Bee Creations and Etsy, Stitch and Bitch and like one million vintage t-shirts butchered for all times. Cutting out the collar, cutting out the <laughs> sleeves, doing weird shit. You know, you did it. We've been seeing this repeated across social media for the past couple of years as the pandemic has created a resurgence in maker culture. And more and more small businesses have been born since 2020 focused on reusing materials and upcycling. And just in general, there's been this new appreciation for the craft and artistry of making things yourself. I mean, a lot of us have been spending a lot of time at home for the past few years. Why not learn how to knit or sew or quilt or crochet or all of the many other things that people have been taking up and, you know, turning into businesses, right? There's a resurgence of this craft every few decades. You can see it in the 70s. You can see it coming again in the late 90s, right? Yeah. Just before the two major camps of the hipsters began to develop. And now approximately 20 years later, we have already been living through that resurgence. I think it's so fascinating. Then the two major camps of the hipsters began to develop. We had the party scene kids of the coast, all of Kim and her friends. That's the true. Black, right? <laughs> the black hair dye, the uh-huh. 80s avant-garde silhouettes, so much black clothing. With a red- white belt. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Our white belt's coming black. Please say yes. Red Bull with vodka, party picks, electric clash, the yeah, yeah, yeahs. We know this one well. I will say, we're going to talk about how this is coming back. Please, for the love of God, can we not have deep V-necks come back this time? <laughs> For men. For men, yeah. Yeah. They were just, I saw things I didn't want to see, right? The other subculture within the hipsters were the cute twee kids. That was me and my friends. 
We were part of that DIY culture, but we also had chunky bangs and Peter Pan collars, cute glasses, knee socks, saddle shoes, cardigans, bike baskets, vintage suits, all of the adorable things. They listened to Belle and Sebastian, The Decemberists, Camera Obscura, The Magnetic Fields, many more bands that are so obscure you've never heard of them, but maybe you'll hear of them this time around. It's important to call out that both of those cultures, even though they were so different aesthetically, right? They were both inspired heavily by older influences. The party kids embraced the 80s. The twee kids were all about the 60s. Well, it seems as if twee and that scene culture are back again, possibly because we're all still in desperate need of some comforting nostalgia. The other thing that I'm hoping is not back is the bad scene hair of the MySpace era. Just going to mention that. (laughs) Please don't bring back MySpace hair. That was a weird time for women's hair in the United States. Um, The weird choppiness and the products to make it look more disheveled, but it was like calculatedly disheveled. Anyway, we'll talk about that more. Yes, I do remember this. So many products designed to make your hair look gross. Oh, yes. It was an interesting time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bed head. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Lemoyne College professor and psychologist Christine Bacho told Insider, quote, for many people, particularly young adults or those without a financial safety net, Poor economic conditions. Oh, my God. I'm getting the hiccups. Sorry, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm literally drinking some crazy tiki drink that Dustin made me while I'm recording. So we'll see how this episode goes. Let's try that again. For many people, particularly young adults or those without a financial safety net, poor economic conditions raise fears of being able to meet financial obligations like rent or student debt payments. Welcome to adult life, everybody. Nostalgia is a refuge as people turn to the feelings of comfort, security, and love that they enjoyed in their past. Well, we couldn't get more needing of, yes, of nostalgia than exactly. we are right now, right? That, like, right? comforting blanket of nostalgia. Yeah, and we've seen this. This is something we've talked about many times here at the department. Like, their nostalgia is kind of like what's getting us through all of this. And I did, you know, as I was reading about this, I was trying to think back to like when the early aughts, when we were living this life, right? The first time around, it was a dark time. We had George W. Bush in office. It was a post 9-11 world, which really changed the way all of us lived. Mm -hmm. Uh, People lost a lot of their civil liberties as a result of that too. there was a recession, like a mini mm-hmm. recession, um, and then another real recession. Uh, everybody I knew was just drowning in student loan debt. This student loan crisis has been going on for decades. No one could get a job. I, we would, when I was working at Urban Outfitters, we would get applications from people with like master's degrees to work part time retail because there just weren't jobs. I mean, people, young people, were having a really hard time, and it was nothing new because. Gen X had been experiencing that throughout the 90s. But for a lot of us, we had just become adults. We had this idea that life was going to be one way, and it was most definitely this other way. And I think a lot of Gen Zers and young, the youngest millennials are experiencing the same thing as here we've got another recession, uh, this global pandemic, life is post-Trump era. Post-Trump. I mean, I... I feel like I have been continuously anxious and depressed since 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even I as an elder millennial, a zennial, uh, I, 
I've now lived through massive, multiple massive global catastrophes. And I'm just like, I need nostalgia more than ever. Like, please bring back those so-called easy days of the early aughts, because in comparison, they were easier, right? Maybe it just felt like less was at stake. It was. Less was at stake, absolutely. But then again, it was also just full of the sexualization of literally every single person. Every single person was sex more sexualized than ever. Uh, and, you know, right now, millennials and Gen Xers are experiencing their second or third economic crisis. Zoomers are experiencing hard times for the first time as adults. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could say it gets better. The two aesthetics that are returning, twee and indie sleaze, were lived out the first time around by Gen X and the elder millennials who were just teenagers the first time around. Now, everyone who didn't get to experience that the first time to its fullest, well, I'm ready to experience it again, or has never had a chance to experience it, now's your chance. So, <laughs> Ooh, great. <laughs> I know, I know. I think it's interesting, though, like... I always think that it's interesting. I always think that like the past few years have reminded me of the 1970s, like in terms of just like, now we've even got inflation, but just the like, I don't know, disenchantment with our government and, Mm. you know, joblessness at an all time high, low wages, all of these things. Like in the seventies, people felt depressed. They thought the end of the world was coming. And I've been for, for years now since, even before the pandemic, thinking like, wow, right now really reminds me of what I've read about the 1970s. But what I got to realize is that apparently we're in a 20-year trend cycle of misery. And so the early oh, aughts no. were also part of that, right? <laughs> oh, so, Guys, wait till the 2040s. It's going to be lit. <laughs> so lest you were worried about the gross negative undertones of the previous incarnations of these aesthetics, which we have talked about, we'll talk about them a little bit more. Gen Z is trying to bring them back in a better way. And we'll unpack that a little bit. My hope is that they will do way better than we did the first time around. So let's start with the return of the party scene, or as it's called now in retrospect, indie sleaze. I don't remember anyone using that term back no, then no but in hindsight it was so sleazy mm-hmm. it was very <laughs> it was descriptive it's, i really very, like it yeah and once again if you haven't listened to our episodes about the 2000s go give them a listen because we really talk about the seedy sleazy underbelly of the party scene and just hipsters in general so in case you can't remember what that early odds hipster indie sleaze aesthetic looks like British Vogue does a great job of describing it. They say, the look is a messy amalgam of 90s grunge and 80s opulence with a slightly erotic undertone topped with an almost pretentious take on retro style. I can picture it. I'm like, yes, check, check, check. Daniel Rogers wrote a great breakdown of indie sleaze for Dazed. Uh, We're going to link to it in our show notes. And if if you didn't live this the first time around or you're memories are a little fuzzy probably because you drank way too many red bull and vodkas and other things did other things at the time Uh, this is a great way go check out this article because i think it'll really help you understand or or remember it a little bit better he described indie sleaze as grubby maximalist and performatively vintage its proponents 
were Mark Hunter, aka the Cobra Snake. Don't we're going to talk about him more. Beth Ditto, Jeremy Scott, and Sky Ferreira. They championed championed a hyperactive aesthetic, pulling from the '80s as much as they did '90s grunge, capturing all the hedonism with spontaneous and provocative flash photography. It was a mishmash buffet of chucking, smearing, and clashing, and its lodestone was American apparel. <laughs> you can, this is, it's interesting to me because, you know, American apparel, it still exists, but it's owned by Gildan, which is like one of the biggest t-shirt makers yeah. in the world. It doesn't exist in the same way. It doesn't but exist can, in the same way. Get, you can get it on, you know, Depop. Totally, totally. And I have been reading about how, this stuff is very valuable on Depop right now, like highly sought after. Um, it's hard for me to envision indie sleaze without American apparel. And so I would say any of you who are out there thinking about like starting your own line, perhaps you want to go the American apparel route, but like not creepy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Make like the tennis, this tennis skirts out of Jersey and, Leggings that were always sewn a little crooked, but yes. they're $80. Who cares, yes. right? You got to wear them. You got to wear them. Um, just going to remind you all, once again, go back and listen to the aughts episodes. But I had a boyfriend. His name was Baxter. He worked at American Apparel for a really long time. He was a total kleptomaniac and stole like probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of clothing from American Apparel. And at one point, I was able to sell all the clothing he'd given me on eBay and use that to take a trip to Argentina. So that's so cool. <laughs> I, you know, one way to end the decade. Anyway, yeah. last fall, Mandy Lee, which is kind of freaking me out, guys, because that's what my grandma calls me. My name is Amanda. My middle name is Lee. I do get called Mandy Lee by my family. This is a different, a different person. She's a trend analyst and a self-professed quote old loser in Brooklyn. She posted a TikTok declaring that Indie Sleaze was coming back. She cited wired headphones in favor of, instead of AirPods, unedited of the moment photography, even the return of smoking. As mm -hmm. I mentioned, American Apparel, very coveted on Depop right now. Leggings as a fashion statement, not as a LuLaRoe or a comfy thing. I mean, those American Apparel leggings, oh, I would yeah. put those on with a t-shirt and I'd cool. be like out. Yeah, it was I like look 80s. Good. Totally 80s. Put on those uh, American Apparel leggings that had the zippers all the way up the side, mm -hmm. all the way up to like your butt. Uh, and then some Lita's and like a, a dropped armhole muscle tank. Oh, and you're yeah. like looking good. Like, like a waistband. Yes. And like yes. a blue sant. Maybe uh -huh. even a denim skirt over the leggings. Yes. Yes. You know, the other day I, I've, I wear tights almost every day during the winter because I wear a dress every day. And I have been having this crisis where like, because of all the supply chain issues, there are no tights to buy. And like, I've been practically gluing these things back together to keep my legs covered. And so I was like, is there anyone on the internet who has black tights? And I was Googling like black tights, black opaque tights. And I stumbled across an article from British Vogue that was like, black tights are the worst thing that's ever happened. They're so hideous. And I was like, wait, what? What is someone going to tell me? You know? uh, it was the first time well, I thought I might be like, It's not like you're wearing like the skin colored tights, you know, mm -hmm. like the pantyhose. It's true. I mean, it's, 
it's warmer in Austin, but it's still not, it's not like LA warm mm-hmm. here, you know, yet it'll be hot as hell in a couple of months. Anyway, all of this stuff is back. And in Mandy Lee's opinion, she said, we've been in lockdown for essentially two years and people are really craving community and creativity. I feel like with the Indus Lee subculture 15 years ago, community art and music were so powerful. That's what brought people together. I think that specific elements, I think that specific elements more so than fashion will become prevalent as well as the style of photography, of course. So let's talk about the style of photography first. We're talking bad, high contrast, unfiltered photos like the Cobra Snake. Like, guys, no one looked good. No, we're all sweaty. Shiny. So shiny. Always from a bad angle. Uh-huh. Our hair was greasy. There was dry shampoo existed, but no one used it or knew about it. It wasn't very good. Like, they didn't come out with good. I think you had to, I had to get mine from, like, Paris. That was yeah. the good stuff. We were all greasy. And if we weren't, we were putting bedhead in to make mm-hmm. ourselves look greasy. Uh, it was a time for like a shiny face, I felt like. And we just all looked crappy and dirty. And then everybody was using a flash no matter what. And we just did not look good. And this was an era where maybe you had a phone that could take photos. but They were like teeny tiny and you didn't have anyone to share it with. It was just on your phone. (laughs) So this was a pre-smartphone. We all have a camera in our pocket era. So it would be someone literally with a digital camera or a real camera or a Polaroid taking super high contrast, super mega flash photos of everyone. I will say it is ripe for a comeback because using Facetune or any other apps at this point is pretty embarrassing, like all caps embarrassing i see people doing it and i cringe for them and we see thank jesus influencers being called out for their really intense photoshopping and fake perfect lives so really it does seem like going back to these so-called you know in the moment photos that are unedited and supposedly more real it feels like that's long overdue because we've been in such a weird filter heavy place for so long. I don't know. What do you think? You Are you ready for flashes on everything? Well, I know that the, the, that the Gen Z kids are all walking around with cannons again. So I, I love I, it. I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just bound to come back and, you know, having like that, like um, lo-fi photography is definitely on trend. I actually, well, talking about, technology just <laughs> you kind of glossed over this but um you, you said that that people are returning to the wired headphones oh yeah yeah oh, oh god those things just get wrapped up in everything i know i know i'm gonna say that i for several years refused to get airpods mm-hmm. because i was like the fuck apple Me too. their future yeah. trash I finally got some a few oh. months ago and I, because I'm always on the phone when I'm working and taking notes yes. and stuff, game changer. Game changer. Like you can, you don't have to have your phone on you. You don't have to be walking around with it in some sort of pocket. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So You're not accidentally pulling it out. I know. Get it all tangled up in your like mm-hmm. 17 necklaces. Mm-hmm. 
I know. So here's what, that's where we are, guys. Burn your AirPods. No, please don't. Please use them until they will no longer work at all ever because Apple designed these to not last very long anyway. That's the silver lining, right? Um, yeah. So wired headphones, bad photos. Geraldine Wari is the founder of Trend Atelier. She told Days, quote, people want a more nonchalant mashup of things that feels right in the moment, more playful and genuine. Indie Sleaze was ultimately about seeking pleasure, approaching life as a giant mashup, making the most out of the moment at a time when life was getting darker, but still wasn't quite as bad as today. And I'm, I want to put a pin in this idea. I mean, you're going to agree with me on this. I believe the people I've quoted so far might be romanticizing this era a bit. Absolutely. Uh, which we'll touch on in a second. But first I wanted to just, let's do the photography thing to death. It's true that the next phase after indie, after indie sleaze, as we lived it, was staging every element of one's life for Instagram. Mm -hmm. From perfect breakfast bowls to hyper-filtered, remember hipstamatic? hyper-filtered shots to later smoothed with so-called natural light, glossy, healthy selfies, highlighter. Oh, God. <laughs> right? So chuggy. I know. You had to have the perfect light, the ring light. Mm -hmm. You had to contour your face and highlight it. And skincare and cosmetics were all about glow, like a nat <laughs> yes. so-called natural glow. The unmakeup look of uh glossier yes. by the way i don't know if you read this week but uh, glossier, yes, yes i did i was just about to say tell them tell everybody well uh, yeah i think it was a business and fashion article right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where where they were talking about how uh, the glossier is basically fallen off of its pedestal because they haven't been able to keep up with the changing trends mm -hmm. which is really interesting it's true so they just laid off a ton of people mm -hmm. um and it was pretty devastating i I'm not surprised by this, especially as we think about indie sleaze coming back and tweet. These are times when you wear makeup and people see it. It's yeah. not a fake makeup look, like not fake, a fake non-makeup look. That's what I mean. But you're actually wearing like $200 worth of oh, stuff on your yeah. face. I mean, yeah. indie sleaze is all about like the black eye, the like black smoky yeah. rock and roll eye dark lipstick that's mm -hmm. like staining around the edges of your yeah. mouth it's about the flaws i mean i feel like i would leave the house and i'd be like i look so fucking perfect i'd see a picture the next day and be like what happened to my face while i was out but i was like <laughs> dancing and riding my bike mm -hmm. and those things would never fly right now because we have become so accustomed to this artifice of perfection that even we look at ourselves and we're like, damn it, why do I have blackheads on my chin? No one else does. And it's like, friend, we all have bleeding, flaking mascara and blackheads and shiny faces and, and imperfections. And I don't want to romanticize the indie sleaze era at all, but we did, we weren't caring about this like natural glow at all, this mm -hmm. fake perfection. The past 10 years or so of Instagram has never felt genuine. I mean, it's been just this, there's never been like a pureness of the moment. It all has felt so staged, even though there were a few years there where everybody was like, hashtag live authentic. But 
everyone was playing a character on social media, whether it was bargain fashionista, van dweller, outdoorsy guy, or earthy boho beauty, clean living, you know, mm-hmm. all of that like stuff. Like the niche. Yeah. The niche behaviors. Everybody yeah. played a character where they used the same hashtags, they used the same lingo, they used the same filters and skincare products and ring lights and I just think we're over it. I think that maybe the time has come for a change. In fact, Mark Hunter, the Cobra Snake, taker Mm. of many unflattering photos, he told Harper's Bazaar, it was an organic, free-spirited time of not caring, which I think people crave. When you look at my photos, people look like they're having the best time of their life. They're not focused on the phone in their hand or posing for the camera. They're living, basically. And I like that. That feels really refreshing to me after, like I said, well more than a decade of everything being staged. Yeah, absolutely. And and not being used to even having a phone with you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you, you had a flip phone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if you were lucky. If you were lucky. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, your phone was not a camera. You'd have to have a camera. I remember every couple of years mm-hmm. I'd buy a new Canon digital camera. As we're talking about this, I want one so badly right now. I might have to do it. Um, and I would take tons of photos at shows and parties, and it was so fun. You know, I, I miss that. You don't have the same thing with your phone. And I feel like for so long we've been so fixated on, like, the perfect shot the perfect face, the perfect skin, the perfect yeah, outfit. Like everyone's a photographer. Everyone's a photographer, but it nothing, everything looks the same, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to pause here though and say, like, I see those virtues of that time, but it was also not this perfect time. Like, sure, maybe Mark Hunter, the Culver snake, snake felt that way, but he was also a dude who inexplicably got famous taking party photos, right? And for women, it was a really, really tough time. I think for all the call out of everything being genuine, more genuine, maybe it was more genuine than it is now, but that says a lot because uh, it was pretty ingenuine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Like the irony. Everything was ironic, right? But then it was also real. I feel like I didn't really know a lot of people that were very genuine or very open about um, any issues like we just didn't really talk about that you just kind of went out and hung out and listened to music and danced and you know that's it nothing very authentic about it no no we weren't talking about our feelings Mm-mm. women weren't talking about you know sexual assault and sexual harassment that we face have been facing all along uh we certainly didn't talk about systemic racism the flaws of the justice mm-hmm. system uh I could go on and on. We were not, let me assure you, not talking about that stuff. Any conversations that we had about politics were always being driven by some white, cisgendered, mm-hmm. pretty well-to-do man. Always. So I feel like, I like the idea of Indie Sleaze coming back and being better than ever, like capturing. Yeah, like a woke version. Yes, because I think there were people who thought they were that, but they weren't in the original incarnation. Let's take all that spontaneity, that genuine living of life, like I said, not fully there, but somewhat there, 
And let's actually get rid of the ironic racism, the ironic misogyny, all that stuff and live it in a pure way. I don't know if we get to have nice things like that, but (laughs) but I want to believe, right? You can hope for it. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, Gen Z will. Yeah, that's what I think too. So once again, it's important not to romanticize the aughts and that original incarnation of indie sleaze and it's truly sleazy behaviors. The sleaze... People might have said it was ironic. It was not. It was fucking real. Think about it. We got Terry Richardson, mm-hmm. Dove Charney, just nonstop abuse and objectification of women. All of those American Apparel ads. Yeah. It wasn't all great and easy, but it sure was sleazy. But I'll say one thing about the original indie sleaze that feels more relevant than ever to me is this idea of mixed up, low price, secondhand mishmash of fashion of that era. It was all about the high, low, a lot of vintage, a lot of secondhand, making what you had work, customizing it to make it work. It was all about building your own look with very little. And most of it, like I said, would be thrifted or vintage. And you would rewear it too. Constantly, over, and no one over. cared. No one cared. No one cared. that same black t-shirt every single day. People would be like, yeah, I'm doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Cool. Yeah, I had like one pair of jeans. I just wore them every single day. Mm-hmm. It feels good to have that approach back after more than a decade of fast fashion, mm-hmm. outfit of the days, all that quasi boho bullshit that I personally have had to see at every trade show for the last 10 years and I can't take it anymore. Get it out of here. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why that's why American Apparel was so popular. Is because there just wasn't you could like you could maybe thrift, maybe maybe go to like Urban Outfitters, um, or go to like American Apparel. There just were so there were so few options for shopping that was not mainstream. You know, like you're not going to JC Penney's. American Apparel and Urban Outfitters were expensive mm-hmm. for the time, right? So yeah. if you bought a pair of leggings there, it wasn't like you can go now to Target and buy leggings for five bucks. First off, you couldn't buy leggings anywhere unless you were going to like a ballet supply store. Yes. So when American Apparel launched these in the world, we were all like, what? Yeah. What are these? You know, and they were a high end item that you would care for, that you would hand wash and line dry and, you know, like, we skinny jeans didn't exist, so we would go to like the Gap or somewhere fancier and buy our jeans too small. You know, or I would like sew the legs in exactly because they were get, all like, boot cut. Yeah, exactly. They were all boot cuts. Or I would like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I found yeah, I found like some skinny jeans. I'd find really weird places for skinny jeans. It was and, and it was men rare. would wear women's jeans to get mm-hmm. a similar fit. I mean, like we made it work. And we took care of what we had. And I start, I feel like I'm starting to sound like that grandpa who's like, and then we oh, walked five miles through the snow barefoot. Exactly. That's not true. But it was just, fast fashion didn't exist yet. And so, like, we didn't have a lot of money. And no one cared if you wore the same clothes every day. And, like, bring it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, as And just on along those lines... Isabel Sloan wrote for Harper's Bazaar, quote, Indie Sleaze serves as a somewhat painful reminder of the last gasp in time when it was possible to envision a future unscathed by the ravages of late capitalism. I love that. Yeah. I love it's true. Makes sense. Yeah. It's true. I feel like it's expensive to have a good time now. Oh my god. Or at least god, it seems it like it, right? Yes. Right? Like we we drank shitty beer. We drank well liquor. We 
took public transportation and rode our bikes and no one was getting manicures and everyone was doing their own hair. And that was people who were teenagers into their thirties or older. Like everyone was just like, I don't know, being, living a more modest lifestyle that was like infinitely more fun. And I always wondered, like I saw my life getting away from that. And I was, I, for me, it was when I moved from Portland to Philadelphia to work for Urban Outfitters. The people there were totally different. New outfits every day, spending tons of money, getting their nails done, getting $200 haircuts, uh, so much cocaine everywhere, which no one in Portland could ever afford. And I went back to visit my friends in Portland and I was like, all people do is wear brand new American apparel clothes and snort coke like every day. Like there's like, <laughs> so fucking, and collect Nikes, collect dunks dunks. Yes, dunks. <laughs> I was like it's so weird it just wasn't mm. it wasn't like the scene that I'd lived in in Portland yeah. and I, I always like assumed it was because of I worked in fashion now or something yeah. but I think it was also the times were changing I felt more innocent yeah yeah totally so not to say that like all kinds of fucked up shit wasn't going on but we're just saying it was just there was a shift in the late aughts going into like the oddies where suddenly having a good time costs a lot of money because you had to think about what it was going to look like on social media. That's what it came down to. Right. Yeah. And like the pervasive ability to get pretty much anything at the, the, the touch of a, of a screen. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just totally different. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about from an aesthetic mm-hmm. standpoint, some of the, staple items that are involved in indie sleaze for your indie sleaze wardrobe i mean i'm curious what's different (laughs) from from what we used to wear i mean (laughs) so when we get to twee there are some differences for indie sleaze so far i mean i think the most important thing is that it might be a little bit more gender fluid but i actually thought the initial incarnation of indie sleaze was particularly open to people of all genders just wearing really tight black clothing Mm -hmm. you know that was basically what it was right so we're talking intentionally or not dirty and disheveled hair distressed clothing with moth holes and rips cardigans shredded and faded denim skinny remember when i was like skinny jeans are over they're chewy well guess what guys i hope you didn't throw them out because they never went away but now they're like super back so is it like Uh, is it like goth grunge kind of Kind of. It's a lot of black, dark colors, mm-hmm. but you could you can throw in some color there too. Some people are speculating that perhaps this incarnation of indie sleeves will have more color involved. Uh, what I'm seeing is it's all black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's still early. This is still early. So TBD, just please no deep V necks that are like semi sheer <laughs> on men. No, thank you. Um, t-shirts. T-shirts, like, this was the era of, like, the really tight-fitting band T-shirt or, like, you know, your basic yes, tee from American Apparel. And those... The ironic tee. The Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. This is the era of the T-shirt, which I know probably sounds wild to think because everywhere I've worked, we've sold approximately nine gajillion T-shirts since then. But, like, there was a drop-off in T-shirt yes, sales absolutely. around 2010. Yeah. Uh Darkly opulent details and fabrics like worn velvet, maybe mm. even a vintage burnout, uh, perhaps some sort of like 80s avant-garde silhouette blazer or like cocktail dress, ballet flats or loafers, maybe 
we're setting the stage for the return of the Lita, mm-hmm. the iconic Jeffrey Campbell shoe. Sign me up. Will wear, would wear it right now to hang out in my house. They're yeah. so comfy. Black leggings worn as pants or under a skirt. Black tights, but like super opaque black tights. Black suits and blazers. It's like a mishmash of black clothing, basically. Yeah. Sounds like my my old wardrobe. Me too. I mean, All my clothes were black. All my clothes were black. And then the scarves is the are the scarves quite as? Prevalent? Oh my god! I skipped scarves. Yes, to scarves, but we have to remember, scarves got ruined, right? Yeah. So we don't want to go to like the mass market lyric stripy scarf that we sold mm-hmm. at Urban Outfitters. We don't. We want to go more like like. 70s rocker like skinny Jimmy scarf. page skinny yeah. scarf yeah exactly exactly um wait are people where are people wearing this are they wearing it um out are they wearing it at home <laughs> are well, they wearing it to work is, to this is a weird time right yeah, i think exactly. most people are wearing most clothes at home but i think the expectation is that we will be wearing it out there too mm-hmm. um for us we wore these like we wore these clothes to work and then went out in them. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you didn't change. We slept in them too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I remember when I was a teenager, I would get like Mademoiselle magazine or Glamour, and they'd always be talking about like desk to dinner, like how to change your work clothes into going out clothes. And for me, it would be like I'll just put on more black eyeliner and some deodorant. Like, yeah. I'm I'm good, right? Like, I've already I'm already wearing my black blazer. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out as the world someday reopens. Uh, it's it's basically like a lot of dark clothing, but also channeling this like rocker mentality of like every generation yes. of rockers, right? Um, and having that swagger, having that look. Uh, GQ said a key component of indie sleaze style is leaning into looking like a bit of a mess. And I think that's what's important. We're moving away from that perfection that we've all been trying to achieve on social media. Yeah, it's, it's about like the exact opposite, right? Of like like millennial colors, like the you know exactly, millennial pink. Exactly. Yeah, it's totally different. Uh, all my clothes were black for so long. It's like, of course, yeah, this makes sense to me, right? Um, I definitely had a few years of being like all black clothing, wearing the leggings and stuff. But before that, I was very mod, uh, twee, which we're going to talk about. When I moved to Philadelphia to work for Urban Outfitters, people were super not receptive to my sick twee style. And I turned into this <laughs> like wearing all black person. Anyway, yeah. uh, I also just wanted to add that I have been saying for a while to Dustin that I'm ready for a girl talk comeback. So, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> loved girl talk hell yeah if you want to get in the mood or you can't quite remember what indie sleeves look like please go check out at indie sleeves on instagram it's all photos from the past today they did a ton of photos of natasha from bat for lashes and i was like whoa it is like uh, a really nice saunter down memory lane it really is this is hilarious it's amazing it's amazing like i was like oh yeah there were a lot of I wouldn't call them one hit wonders. They just weren't people, musicians, actors, that kind of thing that I had thought about for a really long time. Uh, so it was, it was exciting to see, see them. 
There's this hilarious one of Lindsay Lohan with a really, really weird looking fake tan. Oh my God. I know which one you're talking about. That's another thing to remember is that t- fake tan technology was really bad was back bad. then. It was mm-hmm. bad. It was really, really bad. But also, like, the look was being extremely pale, mm-hmm. except for maybe some LA people were weird fake tan. Yeah. With a headband and like a bang. Totally, totally. Oh, man. I, this is taking me back. I wore a uh-huh. lot of headbands. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, well, okay. So we've talked about the indie sleeves. But as I mentioned, there's always been this other side of the coin. Um, before we jump into that and talk about Twee, one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, and I kind of want to dig into it more, do some research from a historical perspective and perhaps talk about it in a future episode is this idea that trend cycles so far, I mean, we talked about the seventies, we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, the early aughts, we're talking about now, they've indicated that when a recession hits, when things are tough, hipsters unite and grow as a movement, as a, maybe not a movement, a culture. And they have a lot of impact going forward on mm. culture and taste and style for a long time, they shift into the ultimate tastemakers for mainstream arts, culture, and fashion. Like we talked about how all of the hipsters of the aughts turned into like the directors, the ones making ads, you know, that's why all of a sudden we had cool music in car commercials. All these other fonts. Yeah. All the fonts guys, the mixology. Applebee's and get some, fucking mixology now right um and so i'm interested in seeing like how far back does that go so let's put a pin in that hopefully in the coming weeks or months i'll get it together and be able to talk about it because i think it's really interesting okay so i'm excited to say that the indie twee aesthetic of the aughts is back so stoked so stoked very stoked i really like that aesthetic but that's what it is yeah it's an it's like aesthetic and aesthetics are so big that would make sense that this is an aesthetic that would come back it does make sense right Mm -hmm. as a lifetime bell and sebastian diehard fan ditto i'm so excited absolutely i fucking love them such an epic bell and sebastian Mm -hmm. fan that on dylan's birth announcement i used some bell and sebastian lyrics oh of course a fan if anybody has seen a secondhand bell and sebastian tea out there send it my way they're going for a lot of money i really want one um i'm also uh wondering am i too old for bangs is it time to get some bangs again i don't know these are the questions that i have to get yourself some bangs get myself some bangs Mm -hmm. um somewhere zoe deschanel is getting Mm -hmm. very excited Mm -hmm. in fact she posted a tiktok thanking tiktok for teaching her the meaning of twee i think it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek however while so many people might think that zoe deschanel is like the icon of twee I don't think she invented it. If no. anything, she was late to the game and her stylist slash Hollywood turned her into a mainstream version of Twee that true Twee people reject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because like she kind of came in as that like that like sexy librarian look. Yes. But that was a little it was late. It was a little bit late to the game. It was game. a little bit late. And by then all of us were like, sorry, I'm boho now. I'm into like the desert <laughs> and crystals <laughs> and whatever. Anyway. I'm into cultural appropriation now. Um, 
Why is it back? It does seem as if maybe, you tell me what you think here, Cottagecore was sort of a repackaging of Twee. And now it's turning back into Twee. But there would have been a weird down period between Cottagecore and the original Twee where it still existed in a small way, but it was like whatever the word for Chugi was before Chugi. I feel like it's it's also just like the well, it's obviously the complete opposite of like that super hypersexualized look, but it still has that 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 nostalgia from the same time period. Yes, yes. And it's just a little, it's just sweeter. It's always been sweeter. Some trend experts say it's because of the rise of K-pop and the growth of Japanese kawaii culture and aesthetic in Western countries. That's why Twee's back. Others are just say, hey, it's nostalgia dummies and it's sweet and it makes you feel good. So people are doing it. I mean, maybe people were sitting at home just watching a bunch of Wes Anderson during the, the pandemic. I was possible because what I was about to say is I noticed last year a lot of people say saying either hey I'm watching the new girl for the first time wow I can't believe I missed this or I'm watching it again and it makes me feel so happy and now I'm like do I need to watch it oh my god I watched it last year it's it makes you feel happy right it's like it's great it's it's actually really well written I I've I've always liked it I mean I would laugh out loud at episodes and I never laugh out loud at anything on tv like there are things I still well, think about go. from the show. Yeah. So anyway, go check it out if you haven't. And there is, to be fair, there's nothing cozier and more nostalgic than Twee. It's hard to feel cozy about indie sleeves, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like safe. <laughs> no matter what the cause is, TikTok is filling with videos of iconic Twee looks sent to, set to, of course a soundtrack of she and him which is zoe deschanel's mm. act if you will it's not a band it's just her and another guy uh another a guy i guess there's not another guy just a guy anyway this version for me and based on what i've been seeing on tiktok and reading about it feels a little less hyper feminine and a lot more gender inclusive you know, some examples here are like Harry Styles' love of fuzzy sweaters has mm-hmm. spawned an entire generation of men getting into knitting. And they post about it on all social media platforms. So is, it like gra- is it like grandma core coming back then? Kind of, kind of. <laughs> and like once, you know, knitting had a resurgence in the early aughts with all these twee crafty DIYers. So it makes sense yeah. that it would come back, but this time like everyone can do it. Whereas in the aughts, no matter how progressive everyone thought they were, the real talk is that it was mostly women doing mm-hmm. the knitting. Okay. Uh, Justin Bieber and Pete Davidson have been spotted wearing pearl necklaces, which are another like iconic twee accessory. Basically this version of twee is not just for femmes. It's for anyone who wants to be involved. You know, as I mentioned way earlier twee has 60s mod fashion at its heart so peter pan collars right classic the newer version of twee seems to be possibly shifting into those maximalist collars that you tie on oh yeah over you know probably made of some upcycled fabric uh often it's still a peter pan shape but just much more of a statement right Colored tights have always been a part of Twee, and I do think they're coming back. I've been seeing them 
on Instagram so much lately that I almost am like ready to message people and be like, where are you finding tights? Because I'm desperate. Please tell me. Uh, Colored tights are back. Mm -hmm. The more modern version might be uh, tube socks. Not even just like cute little frilly ankle socks, but like tube socks. Do you remember Mark Jacobs' runway around like 2002? Yes. And it was really twee. Yeah, it really was. I was looking at pictures of it yesterday, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, That's yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, because uh, that to me is is iconic. You mm-hmm. know, it's like kind of a mod twee pinafore sweetness. You know, I'm glad we're talking about Mark Jacobs because to me, in that time period, he was the coolest designer yes, in 100%. the world. Right? It makes me sad. Like he's just not anymore. You know. I, that's how things work. Maybe he'll have a comeback, but I mean, like every show was just fire and so trendsetting, so trendsetting every single time, every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, another part of Twee are berets, um, also timeless, very cyclical though. So I remember, you know, a couple years into being a buyer Mm -hmm. at Urban Outfitters saying like, I really want to bring in berets i feel like it's a thing and my boss was like we did berets five years ago and they were bad and i'm like no but i feel like this is like the hat <laughs> i've got a gut feeling I've got a gut. and she was like fine you can buy 800 which when you have like 150 stores to buy for is not very many hats um and they sold out immediately and berets ended up turning into this massive program like year round in yarns in wool in wovens uh-huh. yeah anyway it's like the amelie look Absolutely. We've talked about Amelie here before. If you haven't seen it, one of the ultimate twee films. Like Kim mentioned, anything Wes Anderson of that era also. Go watch them. That's all we were doing is watching Amelie and Wes Anderson films. Yeah, there was nothing else to watch. Yeah, yeah. There was no TikTok, guys. It was terrible. It was yeah, you had to like re-watch movies. <laughs> you, bought, watch, you bought you movies bought them, yes. <laughs> yes, and you or, rewatched them. Or you watched whatever was on, like, TV, but you didn't really have any money, so you didn't have cable, so you literally just, you could maybe watch NBC. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If, you're, if, you're, if you were able to get your, um, your, your TV antennas to work. What I would do is borrow movies from the library, okay? Yes. On DVD and watch them on my computer because mm-hmm. I didn't have a TV. I know this is going to sound familiar to a lot of you. Or, or indie movies were super hot, too, then. Like yes. any sort of indie movies. Anything. I'd watch it. I'd go yep, see it. I was constantly going to the movies. Um, okay, here's another thing that I think had been ruined, like scarves were for indie sleeves. Here's the silhouette that had been ruined by fast fashion, and that is cardigans. Mm. They're finally having a time again. I remember we would get vintage ones. Like you go and you buy a vintage cardigan that maybe looked like um like uh, Kurt, um, what's his name from Nirvana? Um, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Sorry, I don't. I don't know why I just blanked it's on fine. that. I know he's like very like not many people know him. Or like the pearl, um, the the pearl button up, uh, like vintage yes. ones. Yeah. Or you get those ones with like the um, the crystals on them from like the sixties. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I had I had a bunch of vintage ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I owned a new sweater until like no. twenty eighteen no. or something. Um, 
I feel like for a long time, cardigans got ruined because they started putting those like shawl collars on them or making them drapey mm-hmm. and long and not even knitting them anymore, making them out of that like oh, yeah. fabric. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm glad it seems like anthropology and a lot of these like older lady brands, if you will, uh, had ruined cardigans, but I think they're going to be back in a good way. I'm excited for that. Um, you mentioned pinafores when we talked mm-hmm. about Marc Jacobs, seeing so much of that everywhere right now. To be honest, I'm not surprised that Twee is back because it's been coming. If we take a step back, the collars, the statement collars have been going strong since 2020, right? We've got brands like Selkie that are all about froofy, feminine, vintage silhouettes. You know, we it's been coming. I'm... I'm really excited about it. This is where my interests lie right now. Uh, also, it's also like, um, I mean, it's not just the nostalgia, but it's like, you know, er- everything kind of reverting back to like really like cute childhoody kind of um, kid kid vibes, you know? Totally. I do dress like an adult baby a lot of days. These yeah. Days, yeah. And an I'm adult not baby. mad about it. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of adult babies, mod prints like daisies yeah. and checkerboards. Huge huge glasses mm-hmm. people kind of stopped wearing glasses there for a while because uh-huh. uh they don't look good on instagram they get a glare you know that's true <laughs> or you get the reflection of the ring light guys mm-hmm. seriously think about all the biggest influencers you see on instagram they're not wearing glasses um block heeled mary jane-esque shoes our friend ty oh. has some great ones right now i know because i own a pair ballet flats uh, yep. I'm also paging Ty here. Maybe make some cool mm-hmm. ballet flats. Because that also works for indie sleeves. Ballet flats are hot. Absolutely. All because you had to be like standing up at, you know, at, at whatever clubs or bars or whatever all day long. You weren't wearing heels. Yes. And I think that's a good call it. Like the Lita, which we've talked about before, was so successful because it was the first heel that you could wear and go stand and dance for hours. Yeah. And, and that was an innovation. We all wore flats back then. Another shoe that can that can work for indie sleeves as well, but also is like very, very twee, are loafers. Mm-hmm. Uh, pros, pros, those are probably a little bit better for your feet than ballet flats. And a lot of people who are experts in that area of trend forecasting are saying that this incarnation is going to have a lot of loafers involved because they're also a lot more genderless. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. While indie sleeves is all about black and other dark colors, a lot of faded black. That's what I remember is I would sometimes have to re-dye my black clothes because they would be fading. Uh, the twee is all about color, color, and more color. And I talked about how all these mod prints like daisies and checkerboard are coming back. I think there's also going to be a lot more psychedelic prints that are like not bohemian in the way they're applied, if that makes sense. Like if you put them on a fit and flare dress with a Peter Pan collar, it has a very different vibe than if it was like a flowy angel sleeve maxi dress, you know, pearl necklaces, colored brooches, neck scarves, Mm -hmm. cute little novel handbags. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yes. This is, this this is, this is an Amanda special. This is an Amanda special. I guess I need to get those bangs soon. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting about twee, I always wondered where that word came from. Because the first time I'd ever heard the word twee was in an issue of, I want to say, Spin Magazine in the late 90s. When I was reading an article about, of course, Belle and Sebastian. Like, you couldn't (laughs) 
You couldn't read an article about Belle and Sebastian without the word twee being in it half a dozen times, probably in the very first sentence. And so I, I knew what it meant through the scope of Belle and Sebastian and the other bands that were grouped with them. But it turns out that twee began as a baby talk version of the word sweet. Oh, I didn't know that. Me neither. Later, it was used in the UK to describe an out-of-touch, uncool Margaret Thatcher superfan. Huh. Yeah. Then... No idea. It turned into a way of describing too much earnestness, mm-hmm. like Belle and Sebastian. Now, the t- incarnation, incarnation of Twee that we experienced in the early aughts was very into, like, binary gender roles. It was the time. I feel like I'm talking about 100 years ago, but it was 20 years ago. <laughs> like, things yeah. have changed so much in such an amazing way since then. So what's interesting to me, when we think about Twee and Twee coming back and how it works now for us as a smarter world, it's important to note that Twee was actually adopted by queer culture in the mid to late 90s. There were bands like Team Dresh that actually called themselves Twee Core. They adopted that aesthetic and their songs had that earnestness. I also, as I was researching Twee, was reminded of one of my all-time favorite movies. Go watch it. It's a great film, and it is stunning to look at. It is Wes Anderson before Wes Anderson existed. It's the Natasha Lyonne film, but I'm a cheerleader. And I shared some photos from that movie with you, Kim, because... Yes, the aesthetic. Oh, so Twee, right? It's perfect. We're talking vintage silhouettes, little cardigans, Peter Pan collars, the works, soft feminine colors. But this is a movie that was about a weird home. It's all very surreal, but it's a home where queer youth are sent to make them straight. And it's hilarious and sad at the same time. It's so beautiful. If you have not seen this movie, please go watch it. I think I'm going to rewatch it this weekend. For a long time, this one was my go-to if I was like feeling sick or having a bad day. It's just so beautiful. If you love Wes Anderson films, but always thought they were a little too heterosexual, you're going to love this one. It's so good. So so we saw Twee being an important part of queer culture in the 90s. And then somewhere along the way, it got all mixed up and weird. We had all those Wes Anderson films and hipsters adopting it. And then like all things that start as like cool and subculture, Twee became mainstream in a way that indie sleaze never quite did, actually. Twee was commercialized into the new girl version of Twee of the aughts, making Mod Cloth, a former employer of mine, approximately gazillions of dollars. <laughs> it motivated tons of dumb dudes to look for their own manic pixie dream girl, because that's how she would be dressed, right? It became a way of life for a certain type of white, middle-slash-upper-middle-class educated person. It was classist, for sure. Was it racist? Probably. Because we know that the hipsters in general had a lot of racist, misogynistic tendencies. I'm assuming the mainstream version of Twee might have been even worse. Mm -hmm. But Twee also lived on in Tumblr in a major way. And we don't talk about Tumblr enough. Whenever I think about the aughts and where I would go for visual and creative inspiration and connection... It wasn't MySpace. It was Tumblr. Absolutely. So many creatives 
creative millennials specifically, we will all look back and say, wow, like I had this experience on Tumblr. I learned this on Tumblr. My Tumblr was about this. You know, I have friends from Tumblr. I still go look in Tumblr all the time, actually, guys, because it's still an amazing repository of images <laughs> in a way that Instagram wasn't. I know Pinterest for some people replaced Tumblr. Yeah, because it's easier to sort things. It is easier to sort things, but you know, like Pinterest has gotten kind of uncool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I use them both in tandem to look for inspiration, of but course, I found myself looking at Tumblr a lot more often lately. So the thing about Tumblr that it was was that it was, of course, great in a, in terms of allowing all of us to create, to share creative work and ideas and to connect. But it also, I had totally forgotten about this and I don't know how. I think we all tend to fondly reminisce about things that maybe we shouldn't completely. It promoted a lot of bad stuff like eating disorders via Thinspiration accounts. Yes. And a parade of incredibly thin, almost always white bodies. Mm -hmm. And twee culture, twee aesthetic, and toxic Tumblr content were basically synonyms for a while there. Like Indie Sleaze, no one wants a full return of the original aughts tweaks. As I mentioned earlier, It's a lot more inclusive and diverse in this incarnation, and it has to be. Everyone wants to leave behind that persistent drive for maximum thinness and waifishness that the original version required. Now, to be fair, so did Indie Sleaze. Let's not let them off here, right? The early aughts were a terrible time for almost everyone and their relationships with their body. I'm still untangling it for myself. Boobs were stigmatized. The ideal twee woman was average height, very thin, not curvy. No, not at all. Like a child. Like a child. Wasn't overtly sexy, whatever that means, and had thick, dark hair. No blondes were invited. It meant lots of women, lots of people were left out of that first incarnation, or at least they were constantly striving to be more ideal. Virginal innocence was emphasized, which is so gross. I can't even believe I just said that phrase out loud. So gross, so out of touch. There was this idea that the ideal twee woman should be cooking, crafting, canning, knitting, sewing, all those things. Listening to a record player. Definitely playing the ukulele. And basically, (laughs) basically, I have one, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it out of the closet soon. Mm -hmm. Basically, stepping into a 1950s housewife role. It was so romanticized. Even when Mad Men came out as that era was sort of waning and we got to see how fucked up that time was, people were still romanticizing it pretty hard. You know that phrase, vintage style, not vintage values? I see it a lot on Instagram. It seemed like Twee was embracing both the vintage style and the vintage values, which is not not good. I, I'm hoping that Gen Z is going to do such a better job this time around. I think that they will. I think that they're up for the challenge. Guys, we believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because so, it'll only just trickle up to us. Right, right. That's my hope. So, Kim, mm. Kim, which one of these are you going to be doing? Are you going to be bringing Indie Sleaze back into your life again? Are you going to really mix it up? a la Miranda and go twee this time around. I just, you know, I'm kind of into comfort core 
where I just wear a lot of like comfortable, <laughs> whatever's really comfortable right now. And none of these things feel comfortable to me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, it is interesting, you know, for the past couple of years, you know, you and I have been like, okay, like what is going on with fashion? Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was over. We were all going to wear sweatpants again. I do think that we, it's going to be hard to get people out of comfort. Like mm-hmm. Dustin and I have noticed this specific teenage aesthetic that we have not seen outside of Austin, but we've seen many times right now, which is where you wear, this is so weird, Kim, you wear sweatpants or leggings, but then you pull knee high tube socks with stripes on on them all the way up over your knees over them. What? Yeah. Have you seen this? No, that's hilarious though. And I tell Dustin, I'm like, you know, like I think a lot about teenagers who have, spent these formative years in the pandemic like of course there's their aesthetic is going to get real weird you know <laughs> yeah i mean also from the bottom down you know like you don't even have to to bother i know i mean i was thinking about that today i was like it's weird how i have to keep getting dressed every day to go to meetings like what if i've been doing this the whole time you know i don't know anyway yeah. uh, but i do remember in the in the aughts that the particularly when i was going to college the look was wearing your ugg boots with your like with your like a legging or like sweatpants mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing it's just like real <laughs> sloppy or maybe your juicy couture like sweatpants oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah 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 so it's going to be interesting to see what the next couple of years bring, but I just want to remind everybody that back in 2020, I know it kind of feels like it's been 2020 for a really long time now. Right. But back then things were different. Okay. And everybody, every trend analyst, every forecaster out there was like, guess what? Everybody's wearing sweatpants forever. This is the end of fashion. And it seems like, you know, that might've been wrong because we see fashion trends coming back and we see brands, cult brands that have built entire followings during the pandemic and not one of them sells sweatpants. I do have to say that Skims yeah. has like blown up. I know. It's so weird. Those Kardashians, they yeah, can't stop they just making know. fun of yeah. me. Because yeah. like to me, Kim Kardashian, I'm sorry if I'm hurting anybody's feelings right now. She seems really chuggy to me now, mm. you know, especially after all those years where we were at Nasty Gal, where we were like, what's Kim doing now? We got to get on I it right now. I remember that. I was like, right? I got to follow her on Instagram. Oh. oh, I know. I know. And I think, yes, yeah, speaking of Kim and her soon-to-be ex-husband, Kanye, a couple weeks ago, some stuff came out, which I had suspected all along that Kanye's whole, like, presidential campaign was funded by right-wing operatives. Oh, like they were trying to run him as a disruptor candidate so that Trump would win, like in hopes that he would shave votes off of Biden. Mm. And I feel like we're not talking about that enough. Yeah. Oh, like, like today dazed posted on Instagram, a quote from Kanye about NFTs, you know, cause like dazed loves Kanye, like, you know, and Yeezy, all that stuff. And I wanted to be that guy. who's like, uh, really cool of you to post this when he was trying to like give the election to Donald Trump, but that I didn't cause I'm totally not that person. But if any of you want to go do that on my behalf, send me a screenshot. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, to me, you know, they're, they're chuggy. It's over. This is a new era. And I'm excited for Gen Z to step up and all these other people to go sit down. Yeah, I, I agree. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you're thanking me. You're not Gen Z either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Go put on some black eyeliner. I know. Out exactly. of practice. I know. Oh I definitely am. I think about there was like a 10 year period where I wore black eyeliner every single day, yep. the whole way around my eye. Oh, yeah. And it would like get all chalked up in your in your eye gunk. It was yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And I would sleep over at people's houses like that. I'd wake up in the morning, and go home. Yeah. Looking like that. <laughs> my hair all gross. The bed head. Oh, like. God like calcifying in my hair anyway what a time to be alive guys glad we get to maybe do it again <laughs> well that's all i have I, I i can't wait to hear from all of you i would love i think we need to do a survey on instagram that's like are you going twee are you going indie sleeves i want to know what our listeners okay who they are yeah that sounds we good find out. all right well that's it we'll talk to you again sometime soon bye bye